Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. Join me, your host, Alexia Gordon, as I chat with authors writing cozy, traditional, and historical mysteries. You won't find explicit sex or graphic violence. You will find intriguing authors and quality fiction. Thanks for listening. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, author and host of the podcast. Alice Bell joins me in the corner to chat about Grave Expectations, her debut crime novel. Welcome, Alice. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Your novel has been described as ghost meets knives out meets fleabag. (laughs) Please tell us a bit about Grave Expectations and why that description fits. Oh, well, okay. It's it's an odd one, isn't it? Because when you are submitting a book, you have, you're have you sort of supposed to find comparisons for it. But I think if your book isn't, uh, if it doesn't fit in quite into neat boxes, it's quite difficult to, <laughs> to find books to compare it to. But um, I'd say the Knives Out comes from the big dysfunctional posh weirdo family. Uh, who have done a, a bad murder. Um, the Fleabag comparison came from my agent. I've never, I've never really watched Fleabag, but I hear it's popular, so I'll take it. <laughs> but, um, that's uh, because the um, the protagonist in Grave Expectations is a kind of hapless thirty-something freelancer millennial who's a, a bit kind of dysfunctional herself as well albeit in different ways to the family of potential murderers and the ghosts is because uh, the main character claire is a freelance medium so she can see ghosts uh, wherever she goes and in particular she is haunted by the ghost of sophie who was her best friend at school and sophie was murdered when she was 17 now um your bio on on your book says that uh, she has probably watched more episodes of Midsummer Murders than you. Uh, so speaking yeah. of of posh weirdos who who meet untimely ends, uh, did that show have any influence on Grave Expectations? Oh yeah, I think so. It's one of my favorite uh, sort of cozy crime TV series, I think. And it's funny because <laughs> that comes up a lot. I sort of regret putting it in my bio now because everyone's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Put up or shut up, um, but uh, it's the thing is I grew up in Midsummer Murders country. Basically, it's set in a fictional county, but that is where I am from in the UK, pretty much that area. And so it always resonated a lot with me for these these really weird idiosyncratic people who are like really into you know self help or crop circles or you know, amateur dramatics and things like that. And there's such a kind of good wealth of stories and weird characters and, and particularly weird posh people in that area. And Midsummer Murders as a TV show as well is is so great and so kind of gently funny in a way that I think a lot of cosy stuff is as well. So, uh, yeah, I think that was an influence for sure. And the, the sort of the... the joke about Midsummer Murders is that if you adjusted it per capita, it would have a murder rate that was like higher than New York City. Um, so did <laughs> growing up in that part of the country, did that 
was it exciting that Midsummer Murders was based there? Was it scary that Midsummer Murders was based there? And did they really kill off that many people? Oh, I was going to say I wish then, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because in real life, it's a bit like how Cottagecore became a big thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of younger teens are sort of like, oh, I'd love to live in an unheated whitewashed cottage in the field. Uh, and no, you wouldn't. I've been there. It's not, <laughs> it's not that exciting. Um and it, there weren't that many murders in reality, unfortunately, but there were that many weirdos. And I do want, if anyone's listening to this, I'm giving this idea out for free because I don't think I'd be able to pull it off. But I would love someone to write like a meta cozy crime where uh, an outside detective is sent to a midsummer-esque town to investigate why there are so many tests <laughs> in the area. <laughs> like, what's going on? Why aren't the local cops preventing this? What's happening? That would actually be hysterical. I would definitely read that. <laughs> do, you, do you have a favorite uh, manner of death uh, from Midsummer Murders? There's a really good one where <laughs> I say good one. The guy is pinned uh, on a target that's been set up on a lawn and someone trebuchets bottles of wine at him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of that's in one of the later series. They really get creative <laughs> towards the end. <laughs> I should say I've not been that creative in in my book. Uh, maybe <laughs> if I, if mine runs for you know twenty five <laughs> books, then I'll I'll get the old wine trebuchet out. <laughs> your um your bio also says that your background is in gaming. So how did you make the transition from gaming to crime fiction? Do you know what? It wasn't um, as kind of jarring, maybe, as it, it could have been, because I, I, I'm a video games journalist, so I write about video games, and my journey to being published has actually already included 10 years of being a writer and being edited and getting feedback and, and things. So I think that was really useful to me, because I know some debut authors who have just gone in cold, you know, and... and have never had edits before and things and they've dealt with it so you know heroically because it's a tough thing to get at it sometimes and uh with the video games writing it's very you know punchy and um you know you can be a little bit funny and i think my sense of humor especially really developed quite well through doing that um and the kind of immediacy because you have to describe something that is you know, visual to the reader. So I think that helped a lot as well. And and my book, Grave Expectations, is is a bit, I don't want to say terminally online, but it is that sort of brand of um, slightly <laughs> mimetic millennial humour, I think, which helps as well. Now, uh, speaking of it, you know, being sort of a very millennial, and because it is a very, very modern feel. So how do you uh, give it that modern sort of millennial feel and, you know, in, with the pop culture references and things, but yet not go so far that, you know, it feels dated by five years from now, say? Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, it is. I mean, I've mentioned memes, but one of the rules I have when I'm editing writers for the website I work for is that you can't use memes because they will instantly be dated by the time you use them. Um, I think I referenced <laughs> the main thing I did with because there's one thing that Zoomers make fun of us for 
is only having like half a dozen references that are all quite old. And so I think it's authentic to millennials that uh, the references I make are all sort of about 10 years old. And so I figured if they are that old and people still understand the references at this point, then it's probably going to be all right for, for a few years still. So it's the references I make are, are mostly to films and things like that. Although there is a Zuma character called Alex, who is my favorite character, and, and they do make fun of the older characters for liking, like, I can has cheeseburger <laughs> memes and things. Uh, one thing that uh, sort of people in real life, uh, I think, unfairly make fun of are the English country house mystery trope, at, at least before Knives Out came out and sort of, you know, brought it back to, like, sort of a new modern respect so how do you take a trope which you know some people poke fun at as being kind of dusty and outdated and and give it that modern feel to say you know make it more relatable to modern readers well first of all I, I mean there really are that many dusty old manor houses and dusty old families in, <laughs> in parts of England so you're never going to run out um and I think it's, yeah, it is, like you say, it's sort of a trope itself now, isn't it? Because, you know, Agatha Christie, who I love and who is, you know, the queen of cozy crime, really, yes. um, you know, set that kind of template. But I think there are ways that you can sort of put a little twist on it. So, for example, in mine, um, I think the emphasis is actually on that, you know, like, actually, if you are one of these families now, having one of those houses is kind of a drain and you have to find a way to monetize it and it's probably falling apart a bit and you know if you visit the UK now a lot of these old houses have been sold to the National Trust or, or leased to the National Trust so the family live only in, in one apartment of it. Um, there's a really good novel that I read recently called The Three Dahlias which is uh, a slightly meta kind of take on Agatha Christie and it's three actresses who have each played essentially a sort of Miss Marple detective character over the years um, in reboots of the same series and they attend a a sort of Agatha Christie-esque fan convention at this, you know, manor house where she wrote all her books and there's a murder there. So, you know, there are many things you can do with a manor house, I think, beyond it just being somewhere people live. And manor houses are, of course perfect places for ghost stories and paranormal stories are, are very popular right now, at least mm. if you judge by the number of paranormal shows on the travel channel. So what, <laughs> what do you think that makes that's why you think paranormal is so popular with people these days? I don't know. Gina. I think about it quite a lot because I love it, but I don't believe in ghosts. All the rest of my family do. I don't. I, I think because the reason I find it so interesting is that I think what you are afraid of and the sort of things that you are haunted by it's a very honest reaction um so my grandmother for example she was very positive and like gregarious and a very sort of sparkling person and all the ghosts that she encountered she sort of thought were friendly you know and would sit on the end of her bed to say hello and things like that she never felt scared whereas you know people talk about the land being, you know, a place feeling haunted and and feeling, you know, like ghosts could live there. And it's often a very tragic place. So we never really think about, you know, ghosts being happy. Uh, and at the same time, living in, because I live in, in Cork, in uh, the 
southwest of Ireland, and there's a specific Cork slang where you say, "If you're haunted, you're lucky." Like, you know, we met. Ma- oh, we managed to get, you know, those tickets to see Taylor Swift. We were haunted. Like, we were lucky to get oh. those tickets. Yeah. Which, so I think it's really, it's just very interesting, and people like the idea of, you know, there being something else as well. I just, but I just find it fascinating because I think you can't really make up what what sort of ghosts you're afraid of. You know. Now, your your main character, uh, Claire, as you mentioned, is a medium. Did, how did so? How did you approach um, her her development? Did you uh, research the world of psychic mediums, or just based on your like your grandmother, for instance's you know reports of seeing ghosts? Or yes, a little bit. So I I've read a lot of uh, ghost stories. Uh, you know, sort of the stories about that because I grew up, as I said, in in you know the middle of nowhere in in the UK and like there are all the pubs around there are haunted everywhere has a pet ghost you know and there are stories of Roman legionaries walking but they walk sort of you know with their feet sunk a foot into the ground because that's where the Roman road is under the dirt and things like that um and then yeah I've read uh some contemporary ghost stories and horror stories and then um you know some more classic ones like the woman in black and things like that but also I think I didn't want to rely too much on that as well and so the main thing I thought was uh, do you know what would it actually be like if you could see ghosts all the time everywhere and I, I thought well a it would become mundane quite quickly <laughs> because because <laughs> that's what we're like we get humans get used to things very quickly and things swiftly become boring and and b it would also be quite awful it would be really annoying and it would really restrict you know your life and your social life in a way because you know you just always see them and then in the book quite a lot Claire talks about you know trying to avoid eye contact with ghosts so they don't come and talk to her and you know finding it really annoying and and always having Claire uh, always having Sophie with her has restricted Claire's life in other ways because you know she's it's she's always got someone talking in her ear so she's she's not a great conversationalist because she's pausing and trying to you know listen to Sophie all the time and she's not you know she doesn't keep many friends and she doesn't really have many relationships so I I mainly I was like God it would be annoying wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> that's that's interesting I don't think we think about that that side of it um have um do you have any concerns about how um any actual psychic mediums might react to the to the book when it when it comes out. No, I hadn't thought about that. I ho- I hope that I, you know, it's I'm not being mean about it because, uh, as I said, I I don't believe in it. But also, I I know that other people really do like my family. You know, the people closest to me. So I I, I hope it it's taken as intended as this kind of uh you know different interpretation of it and kind of a hopefully uh warm kind of uh sort of slightly yeah just a, a, a no I'm not mocking it I don't think I'm just sort of trying to think about how would I react if I could see ghosts everywhere and I just find it just find it quite a drain <laughs> and uh I, I'm I'm not a psychic medium I'm I'm actually in your boat I don't believe myself but some family members who I love mm. and respect have seen something so I can't dismiss them um, exactly, but yeah. <laughs> If I was a medium, I think I would appreciate someone seeing the other side of it. That it's not maybe it's, maybe it's not so much fun sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here's hoping. Yeah. <laughs> um, do Do you have any favorite ghost stories? Um, 
Oh, that's a good question. Uh, do you know what? I, it's maybe a, a kind of boring answer, but I really love um, uh, Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Uh, and obviously this is called Grave Expectations, which is a, a Dickens-based pun. Yes. <laughs> but I think that's such a nice three-act structure. And I think also part of my love book is retroactive because I love Muppet Christmas Carol. It's <laughs> 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 also been a huge cultural influence on me. So I really love that one. Um, and yeah, I did mention a woman in black. That's really creepy. Um, and things like um, uh, the turn of the screw and things like that, where um, you're not quite sure whether the ghost is, do you know, a ghost or not. Uh, and then I love contemporary takes on, um, you know, haunted houses and things. I just read um, uh, a book called Just Like Home which uh, was really interesting and, and really creepy kind of take on a, on a haunted house, which I liked a lot. Well, A Muppet Christmas Carol is a cinematic classic. <laughs> a masterpiece, yeah. Unironically. <laughs> and uh, hopefully Grave Expectations will, will join the uh, ranks of, of classic uh, ghostly mysteries. Um, <laughs> so when, uh, when will it be out? So it is out uh, in uh, North America on the 6th of September. It is out in the UK now and uh, will be out on, on in paperback on the same date, 6th of September. And uh, I am excited to see what uh, readers in the US think of it because I think it is quite Englishy uh, in its kind of sense of humour and, and setting especially. So uh, I hope that people find something to, to like about it. And what's next for you? Well, right now I am working on the sequel, which is uh, set in Cork because I'm a hack, so I can only write about things <laughs> I can see out of my bedroom window. <laughs> so, it's set on a haunted prison island in Cork Harbour. And uh, the gang go, they try and go on a holiday and end up uh, solving a murder, as one does when is when one is a, a detective. It's always a murder whenever you go. Um, so that's why I'm working right now, which will hopefully be out next year if I can get my my edits done in time. Uh, and then I've also got just you know I think whenever you're working on a project, and I, you can confirm if this is true, but I always think whenever you're working actively working on something that has a deadline, that is when your other ideas for books become the most attractive <laughs> that they yes. have ever been. Yeah. <laughs> so I've I've got a few a few other things that I want to to work on one. One that's so much more straightforward and, you know, not really humorous uh, vampire story. And uh, I like the idea of trying to do like a, a noir story, like a, you know, Philip Marlowe, big sleep detective, but in a trad fantasy world, not not uh, urban fantasy, explicitly like a high fantasy, like an elf gumshoe, basically. <laughs> but I don't know if that would work, so, but I want to try it. <laughs> I think it could work. <laughs> so uh, what, what can readers uh, uh, find you and, and uh, see what you're up to and see how the book's doing? Are you on social media? or I am on, I was going to say Twitter, I suppose. I am on X, uh, as that's where I'm probably most active, uh, as at AB Words. And I've realized since going on podcasts that it is very difficult to handle because it's, it's A- B as in the insect, A B E E words. I didn't think it through. Uh, 
And then on TikTok, I'm at booksab, but uh, I'm less active on that in a minute because I am, as as alluded to, knee deep in my edit, so I don't have time to be dancing on camera at the moment. But, <laughs> <laughs> and I also uh, I have a website, um, alicebellauthor.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter, where I will send around a bunch of links to interesting articles and recommendations for books that I've read recently, and then also sometimes occasionally ask you to buy my books as well. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Alice. That's um all I have. I know I'm keeping you from those from those edits that are you know battling <laughs> all those those um good ideas that are now buzzing around you like annoying ghost. I know. Um, <laughs> so thank you for taking the time to to join me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been lovely, and I've your episodes are such a great resource for you know books that I now want to buy and immediately read as well so, so that will also distract me from edits so thank you for that you're quite welcome <laughs> and thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of the cozy corner with Alexia Gordon my guest today was Alice Bell who joined me to chat about grave expectations until next time goodbye <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Please support the podcast by leaving a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you listen on. Follow the podcast on Instagram at podcast underscore cozy, on Facebook at The Cozy Corner Podcast, and the web at thecozycornerwithalexiagordon.com. Follow me at Alexia Gordon Author on Instagram, alexiagordon.writer on Facebook, and alexiagordon.net on the web. Support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash author Alexia Gordon. And until next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.